Hello, and welcome back to Talking Talmud. I'm one of your hosts, Dana Osband, here with my friend, Chabuta and Gordon. Our daf today, Masech and Azir, daf Nun Chet, page 58. Well, in the middle of all of this halachic exegesis about how do we know that a Nazir, a Mitzvah, all these people can shave their heads, and a lot of discussion around the word Rosho and Zikno, uh, we have a little passage here about Sitzis. And I think it's always interesting, because like we talk often how the Babli Talmud, the Babylonian Talmud, doesn't have any Gemara on the Masechtot about Zra'im, right, about all the agricultural law, there isn't actually even a Masechot on Tzitzit itself. So whenever the Babli talks about Tzitzit, that's really the only place that we're going to get its halacha, and it's sort of like interwoven within the text itself because it doesn't have its own designated place within the canon of Mishnah. And so, the, you know, the Gemara had brought here two uh, braces, uh that they're trying to understand. Ask the following thing. So what they're saying is, right, which basically wants to say that Rosho is referring to a Mitzvah, and therefore what it means is that the positive commandment to override uh, the the regular commandment, the lotase of not rounding the corners of your head. Um, uh, so what they're trying to say is everybody agrees, okay, the first brace and the second brace, I'll get to a second what the second brace was talking about, that shaving your entire head is equal to rounding the corners of your head, okay? So that's part of what they're trying to work out here, okay, is that, uh, you know, is shaving your whole head a violation of that, or is it just rounding your corners, okay? So they're starting with the premise that shaving your head is like rounding the corners, your entire head, right? And so therefore, we can understand this first brisa when it says Rosho, is talking about an ordinary mitzorah, and that the reason why it needs to say Rosho is to teach us that mitzorah shaves his whole head. In fact, the mitzorah shaves all of his hair, Right. And we need Rocho there to tell us that shaving all of your head is the same thing as rounding the corners of your head. And therefore, we need sort of a special mention to say that in the case of Mitsora, they are allowed to. Um, he's a particular positive commandment that overrides a prohibitive action. And the Tana of the second Brisa, who explains Rocho is teaching that we have to override a prohibition and a positive commandment. Love Gereda Minale. Where does he know that a positive commandment overrides a simple commandment, right? So what I'm really, I'm not interested so much in the Brysos, but I'm interested in this question of where do we learn that a positive commandment overrides a simple prohibition, right? That's the, that's the question because the, the Tana of the second Brysa needs to have another source for that law because he doesn't need it, he doesn't get it from Rochot. So that's really what they're asking. And so what they say is yalif mi gidalim. We learn it from the word gidalim, which means twisted cords, which comes from Devarim chapter 22, verse 12, which is where we get the commandment of tzitzit. De'amakra lotiboshatnos, because we know that in Devarim, right, it tells us, this is Devarim chapter 22, verses 11 through 12, lotiboshatnos yachtav, right? You cannot wear shotness. So shotness is the rule about not having wool and linen together. And then the next pasuk says, 
you shall make for yourself these twisted cords, which is the tzitzit, on the four corners of your clothing, which you cover yourself with. So what is sort of juxtaposed together is the prohibition of wearing shotness, but at the same time, right, you know, wearing this mixture of linen and wool, but the obligation of wearing tzitzit, right? And we know that Vitania, um, and it's taught in Abraisa, right? Lotobos shanas, you should not wear shanas. Ha gedilim taselach, but you should make yourself gedilim uh, ehem, right? And because we know is, is that what the innovation of tzitzit is, is that even though normal wool and linen clothes are prohibited, the tzitzit themselves are actually made of wool and linen. And so you're basically wearing shatnas to do the positive commandment of tzitzit. You're overriding that prohibition. The Gemara goes on to say, Uman me rosho, right? The one, the, the, the Tana of the first Brisa who says that uh, this law of a positive commandment overrides the simple, the, the, the prohibition from the word his head of rosho. My tamalo gedilim. So the question is, why doesn't the Tana of the first Brisa learn this from Tzitzit? Why does he need the special thing of Rosho? And so the Gemara answers, Amar He would say to you, right, that this, you know, juxtaposition of Shatnas and Tzitzit comes to teach us Rava's teaching. The Rava Rami, for Rava showed a contradiction, right? In one verse, it says, they shall put, they shall place with the fringes of the corner, right? Which seems to imply that the fringes are of the same type of fabric as the corner, as the garment, as the garment itself, petil tzachelet, a cord of tzachelet. So this is a pasuk from Bamidbar, chapter 15, verse 38, right? That says, So these are the pasukim we actually read in Shema every day. Right, and they make for themselves fringes on the corners of the garments for all the generations, and they shall pass with the fringes. They shall place with the fringes of the corner a cord of tachelus. Remember, tachelus was that special blue dye that recently has been rediscovered, and some people actually wear tachelus today. So, what Rav is basically saying is, is that the teaching by saying the fringes of the corner, right, is that the fringes, right, whatever you make the tzitzit from, has to be the same material. As the as the beged, as the as the as the clothing itself, um, because otherwise, why do you need the word haknaf there? It seems to be a, uh, a a superfluous word since it already told you that the fringes are to be put on the corners. So why do you need the word haknaf there twice? So the expression the corner is there to tell us that the fringes have to have to make have to be of the same type as the as the corner itself. So what this would mean is if you had a garment that was made of, I don't know, of cotton, you know, or silk, then your fringes would be, have to be of cotton or silk, whatever material it was made from. So hot ketzad, okay? So how do we, uh, sorry, so uktiv, sorry. And then we have another pasuk that said, semer fishtim yachtav, which says wool and linen together, okay? So this, right, is talking about, this seems to say, that the fringes of the tzitzit actually can only be made of wool and linen. So hot ketzad. So how do we reconcile this? We have one area that says the fringes, the tzitzit have to be made of whatever material the garment is made from. And then we have another pasuk, that's the pasuk in Bamidbar. The pasuk in Debarn seems to say it has to be made of wool and linen. So how do we resolve this? Semer of pishtim potrim bain bain b'minyan bain shelo b'minyan. 
Wool and linen fridges satisfy altered seed obligations, whether the garment is made of wool and linen or wool or linen, or whether it's not made. Charmining, but other types of fringes can be nyampo train. They satisfy this obligation if it's their own type. So in other words, cotton fringes or silk fringes have to be in a cotton garment or a silk garment, respectively. But on a garment that's not of their own type, they don't satisfy this obligation. So I actually thought that this was very interesting because I've never heard of anybody actually doing this. Anne, have you ever heard of anybody actually doing this? I mean, the standard seat seat are basically wool and linen. Um, so I, I don't know. I thought this was like a very interesting passage. So the thing that I know is that they're a tzitzit made of mesh and they're tzitzit made of t-shirt material. I think a lot of people nowadays, especially kids, but really all people, uh, like the t-shirt material tzitzit. But so then I assume the tzitzit are made of cotton or something. It's not as if you look at the tzitzit and you th- the fringes and you think, oh, that's t-shirt material. Um, I assume that everything isn't, I, I think the problem here is that, you know, you go into the store and you buy what they have and you trust that what they have, it comes with, you know, hashkachot, it comes with supervision stamped on it, at least in Israel, you know, at least in some stores. And in other stores, you're buying, let's say, at a bookstore or a Judaica store or whatever, and you trust them to be reliable in what they're providing. So if the mesh that they provide or the t-shirt material that they provide, I, I'm going to trust that the tzitziot are also what they need to be. And the other thing, of course, is which way do you tie your tchelet if you are wearing tchelet? There's a few different ways you can tie the knots. Yes, but that's there are not a few different doing. ways to tie it. That I do know. There are a few different ways to tie it. Um, so, but this is yeah, much I mean, more, I, I, more than that. Right. These are all interesting because, again, these are not, you know, uh, they're, they're within the Gemara itself. Like, this is a very technical halachic discussion, but it doesn't get its own masachat. Right, right. There's no masachat tzitzit or whatever. Yeah, exactly. All right, you're going to move on now to the next uh, to the next staff here. I'm going to, I'm a bit, towards the end of I'm a bit, and I'm bringing us back to Nazir and the haircutting because, of course, I'm a Rav. I'm towards the, really towards the end of the Amud. I'm a Rav. Mekel Adam Kol Gufo Bata'ar. Rav says that a person who, meaning we're not talking about a Nazir, we're talking about just a regular person, can, he says he can, he can be lenient on himself. He can, Lighten the burden, let's say, of removing the hair, the hair of his body, with a razor. I Meaning, if you have too much hair, if you're a very hairy person, you have too much, you could shave it all off with a razor, except for those parts of the face that it's a right, the Minatora prohibition, you know, that you can't, right? When we've talked about that, and, and we know that these are verses and so on, right? The five corners of the face. Corners not being the right word, but fine. Mate face. So now the Gemara has a question on this. Bring it from a breita, a contradiction. One second, says the Gemara, we have a, state, a verse in Devarim, Deuteronomy, that says that a man who would remove the hair of his armpit or his pubic hair would get lashes because he's violating the prohibition. I'm sorry. The Gemara raises this question from the Breita about this verse that says, the verse in Devarim that says that a man cannot wear a woman's garment. Meaning, it seems to be, and I've seen this discussed elsewhere, that where the Gemara treats um, certain kinds of hair removal as specifically women's hygiene, let's say. Hygiene isn't the word that's batted about. I would say that's how, how we would talk about it now. 
But this is, you know, these are women's areas to shave, not men's areas to shave. Habitar. So the Gemara says, well, yeah, if he's shaved with a razor, then that would be the problem. He would, in fact, get lashes because that's the issue. Ha, I'm sorry. Let me let me finish the whole line. Habitar, habamisparayim. If he shaves with a razor versus if he removes that hair with scissors, the scissors is not a prohibition. Whereas the razor would be the prohibition he would get lashes. That's the problem, apparently. So the says, one second, didn't Rav just talk about a razor, right? How can you say that this is this is only with scissors when Rav himself explicitly mentioned the razor and the Gemara um, kind of modifies this to say something that was like a razor. Rav didn't really mean a real razor. He couldn't have meant a real razor because that's the prohibition. He means if you move your hair with a, with a close a close cut, as if it was a razor. So here we have a different approach to understanding all of this. Rabbi Chiyabar Abba says that Rabbi Yochanan says, indeed, a person, a man, who removes, specifically a man, not a woman, not every person, a man who removes the hair from the armpit or from the pubic area would get lashes, and the Gemara brings this objection, that's, you know, the, this exact question of, but here the objection is something else, right? Instead of the objection being, what about the razor? What about the scissors? Here it says, this is not a right to prohibition. Ha, the person who's removing hair is not violating a Torah prohibition, but we've talked about in the past. It's a lesser level of violation. Um, perhaps we could say it's from the time of the, of the prophets. Uh, the whole concept of what does it mean that there is such a thing as um it's again, it's rabbinic authority, but it's a, it does not go back as far as Doraita, it's not from the Torah, and that's a Durabanan, technically. So therefore, the same way that when Rabbi Yochanan just said, hello, he's going to get lashes for doing this, for the hair removal, he's going to get lashes, isn't that a Torah prohibition? You don't get lashes if it's not a Torah prohibition prohibition. And the answer is, yeah, but sometimes you do. There is such a thing as a rabbinic flogging, a rabbinic whipping. And so that's what this is. And, and what I find both interesting and a little concerning, you know, disturbing, is that both ways of approaching this discussion about somebody who's going to shave his body with a razor, without a razor, um, is it Doraita, is it Rabbanan, both of them require a revision of the apparent text in a way that feels like, forgive me, it's a fetch, right? To say that like a razor, not really a razor, but the word he used was razor. Or lashes, no, but not not Torah lashes, rabbinic lashes, even though he didn't say, he didn't modify his statement in any way. So both of these, you know, we sometimes talk about whether they had the teaching in their hands and they needed to get it all to work out. And it feels like that because they already know that this is not Doraita. Right, that this is they know that this hair removal is not going to be uh, to, um, flogging from the Torah, and we they know that it, they couldn't have meant it with a razor, but those are the words that are used. So now let's. I don't blame the Gemara for that. I just find it it's an interesting way of deriving halacha. Yeah, this to me actually was like a super relevant passage because. 
grooming practices have like really changed, let's say in the last couple of decades. And this is actually like a very relevant question now, like how people groom themselves, particularly men is very different. Um, and I don't know, I found this interesting. I may have been taking this Gamara to a place that other people were not thinking about. Well, but so I, I like, you know, I, I just, cause also I think the whole thing, when you compare something to like, and like, is this a practice that women do a practice that men do today? It's really a practice that a lot of people do, you know, removal right. of, of, of hair seems to be much more the cultural norm. I could get into a whole other discussion, not appropriate for this podcast, <laughs> whether or not that is something that should be done. Um, I'm really going to guess, Anne, that we're the only Takiomi podcast that went there. But anyhow, okay. But okay, the other part of this is, you know, the idea that um, religious, the idea that religious men are using scissors, let's say, instead of a razor. That's exactly this, right? right? But I, I'm just saying, like, it's. I don't know that one can argue anymore that it's only something that women do. So I just think, like, you know, I don't, I, I'm sure there's no rabbi who would be willing to, like, publicly say that. Maybe there is. I don't know. But I just think it's interesting because where they're, they want to make it a sore. That is certainly true. And but so then, I mean, it goes the other way also, right? Not only women don't always remove the hair, right? Meaning the whole question of these, yeah, what's called grooming too. practices, right? Grooming is just different than it was then. Men norms, women norms, the devices, right? Even you have a razor that doesn't, that's not a, an actual blade, but it's still, cons- oh, that's like scissors, right? And yeah, there was a time I feel like hair removal was, you know, men, men's legs let's say it was only for swimmers or bikers who are competitive racers i don't know i don't have any idea that that's the only the case now nowadays god what are we going to title this one well that's our discussion <laughs> for the day frank is review us on all major podcasts thank you to revenue michelle parber for hosting us on the hydrogen website let us know what you thought about this app on our talking time with facebook page and until tomorrow go and learn 